Welcome, I'm Ruth Franger, founder of Conscious Leaders. This podcast aims to change the world of work one honest conversation at a time. I hope you enjoy these conversations with proven people leaders running highly successful businesses. I hope you gain something from their philosophy and day-to-day examples. To fill you in, I recently had a book published called Next Level Leadership, Nine Lessons from Conscious Leaders. In it, I digest the top traits and behaviours of guests on this podcast. And excitingly, it has become a number one bestseller on its release day on Amazon. And you can order your copy at consciousleaders.org.uk forward slash book. You can also subscribe to my bi-weekly newsletter where I share free content, including blogs and tips, all supporting you as a leader to do your best work. Now on this episode, we have Dominic Mills. He's CEO at Yup, and they're an incredibly innovative and community-based business. They really help people mobilize and commercialize their hobbies and side hustles. Now we met up at their co-working space in Bristol, and I started by asking him just how he got to where he is now. I think it's fair to say I had a very fortunate childhood in terms of growing up in a um, very loving family with two amazing parents. And I often think that a lot of the things I've done since, particularly from a business point of view, um, have uh, been driven or perhaps modelled on some of the things that I uh, learnt as a, a child. Certainly my parents and my grandparents I grew up knowing as very hard workers and very much of the mindset that if you wanted something, then uh, um, you should go make it happen, and uh, but do so in a, a kind of fair and uh, open way that, that didn't um, negatively impact on others. So th- those kind of... Uh, core values, I guess, have stayed with me. And how about your career journey? So I had a very uh, short skirmish in the corporate world, about three years, with a (laughs) a, (laughs) large American-owned tech consulting firm. Um, That was a brilliant period in terms of um, learning, and I think I owe a lot to those uh, kind of formative years of my career, but I quickly realised that that wasn't the place where I wanted to spend the rest of my um, career. had lots of opportunity to work on um, great projects in lots of different places around the world, met lots of interesting people. Um, but the thing that I was constantly inspired by were those that I saw um, creating uh, new things, being enterprising. And that's not to say you can't do that in a large organisation, but uh, I very much liked the idea of um, setting out on my own journey and in fact looking back even before that um, probably as early as, as a um, young teenager uh, I was always looking at opportunities to um, kind of create many enterprises or, or, or do things that uh, uh, perhaps you could say that the writing was on the wall in those days that I, I would end up creating businesses of my own which is indeed what I did after my my skirmish in the corporate world. So you created Yup. Tell, tell us about how that grew. Uh, so, yeah, it was my second uh, business. Uh, and we uh, started that in uh, 2020, just a very short time, literally six weeks before the world discovered uh, something called COVID. And uh, the plan was always to spend about six months building our tech platform before we launched it to consumers. Um, so, in fact, we spent that lockdown um, period um, doing that and then after a short delay, uh, launched properly to consumers in March of 2021. Mm. So we're about uh, 15, 16 months into um, what already has been a very exciting journey. 
So for the benefit of the listeners, describe, describe Yup. Yeah, sure. So Yup is a marketplace for experiences, local experiences. And uh, essentially we have two sides to our marketplace. On the one hand, we have what we call hosts, experience hosts, who create interesting things to do in their local communities. And then we have customers who want to um, experience those things. And really the key is that both the host and the individuals enjoying the experiences are um, in their own community. So they are uh, supporting local independent businesses, in some cases um, individuals, and at the same time discovering new things, whether it's baking or foraging or paddleboarding or uh, photography. Um, there are now over 700 different things that you can do on the platform and the, the range continues to inspire me on a weekly basis. So I think I asked you in our when we were talking before about like what's the difference between you and like Airbnb, which I'm sure you get asked a lot. And you started to talk about this community mm-hmm. aspect of it. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So our um, platform and our business is very much around local communities, and of course we have people who come into uh, Bristol and, and Birmingham and Bath, where we're currently operating for the weekend as tourists and, and use the platform. But the vast majority of um, uh, people who are booking the experiences are doing so because they live locally in that city and in that community. And one of the things that we've particularly focused on since we launched are those communities, the most deprived communities in those cities. Um, so currently 30% of the hosts on the platform come from the most deprived. Mm. Um, and are you actively trying to find those people or is that just happening naturally yeah very much so so a big part of uh, what we do is outreach so we work with community groups and organizations who can um, both learn about yup so that they can talk about it in their networks but also they can connect us with people who potentially would make brilliant hosts on the yup platform and in fact what we are now seeing is that the vast majority of hosts that join yup come through referral uh, and that's great for existing hosts because they get rewarded for making those referrals. It's great for the incoming hosts who um, find out about the platform and create their own enterprise. Mm. And of course, it's brilliant for the rest of us because we all get to discover even more amazing uh, experiences to do. Brilliant. And, and can we shift now to your approach to leadership? So you're founder of this business. You have a set of employees now. Tell me, tell me what that's like for you. Well, it's the second time that I've um, created a startup, so I'm in the fortunate position to have some learnings from the first time, and, and hopefully that is um, enabling me to, to better shape some of the things that I do. Um, but for me, uh, the the journey is very much around having a vision and the passion to um, convey to others how we're going to uh, deliver on that vision, and then taking people on that journey with you. So you're very clear with where this is going? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the nature of a startup is that uh, you will um, make course changes over time and, and potentially pivot. But I think it's hugely important to have a really kind of strong guiding star of what you're trying to um, build and how you want to do it and the, the values that are important to you on that journey. So I believe that we are in an exciting place where we can build you up into something that has a positive impact um, across the UK and potentially 
um, beyond that. And we're at a stage at the moment where we have proven the, the, the concept of, of Yelp in one city, have recently expanded into two more cities. So we're, we're kind of testing the scaling up um, element of it. And that's going very well. And uh, next year, we will then have the um, foundations in place to uh, scale that even further. And that will mean that we can help tens of thousands of individuals and small businesses to use Yelp as a platform to either start new enterprises or to extend and add additional income streams to existing enterprises. Um, and from an economic impact point of view, I think that's hugely exciting. And this 30% of deprived communities, is that something you want to maintain as you grow? Yeah, absolutely. And clearly, as you go from city to city, that landscape um, changes in terms of uh, the, the, the number of communities that fall into that um, category. But the key for me is that we take an inclusive approach and um, that we, um, we give, within the cities that we're operating, we give everybody an opportunity to um, use our platform and, and to support those early stage enterprises and, and um, small businesses, independently owned businesses, if you like. Mm. So you're quite clear with your staff that this is where things are going. And you mentioned values. Is there anything about how this stuff plays out practically, maybe how you arrive at those values or how you communicate the vision that, that, that sort of illustrates that? I believe it's incredibly important to be open and, and transparent about every aspect of the business. So I frequently um, talk through in um, detail uh, where we are with the, the financials of the business. For example, how much cash we're burning, uh, why certain objectives are important. We're not just trying to hit a number each month or each quarter because I've decided that's a nice target. And we're doing it because um, we are on a journey and we're trying to deliver a certain level of impact and ultimately eventually a return to shareholders and, and therefore if everyone can understand the relationship between the thing that we're all passionate about which is delivering impact and um, the commercial reality of how we continue on that journey then I think we're all better placed to um, deliver on that, that vision ultimately. So clarity of vision, clear on the financials, anything else that illustrates? Um, I think the way that we operate as a team, I'm incredibly proud of the team that we've built so far with yeah, the thing that unites them is that they're all here not because uh, it's the place to, to you know get the biggest rewards because that, that's not the reason typically you're working in an early stage startup. They're here because they are really passionate about what we're doing. They really believe in it. They um, see on a daily basis the impact that we're making. They talk to experienced hosts and see their delight and pleasure, the fact that they're creating these um, mm. new enterprises. Um, and, and they hear customer feedback of the amazing things that they did yesterday. Uh, when so they're they very connected to like the, the end game with the business. They're very in touch. Yeah, with yeah. And, and because they all believe in it and they're like-minded, they look out for each other and they're in it together. Mm. And that doesn't just happen accidentally, though. How do you build a culture that means that people look out for each other? I think part of it is obviously making some judgment calls on the right people to bring into the team. What's um, the right people to bring into the team? Uh, it's a great question. So for me, it's uh, less about depth of experience and more around uh, mindset. 
Um, I think that having a group of people who are going to look out for each other and aren't going to be um, selfish and are fair and um, uh, so collective, collective mindset. Partly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, in, in my first um, startup, uh, to your earlier question around um, more difficult times, I think in those days I perhaps was less sharing with the team about um, some of the more challenging periods and my learning subsequently was that was not the right call because I thought I, in, probably from um, a position of less experience in those days, I thought I was protecting them by not sharing that information. But actually one of the things that unites a team is feeling like you're all in it, in it together and that applies when both when you're flying and, and uh, things are going brilliantly well, but also when um, things are not quite so rosy and, and you need to reposition and, and recalibrate. So for me, having that group of individuals who have like-minded uh, um, view um, and a, a kind of sh shared set of, uh, of values means that they start to... Uh, that starts to translate into a, um, a, a you know a tribe or, or a group of people who mm. are uh, united on on a journey and, and not united towards uh, achieving a vision. So it's quite powerful. Well, if you get it right, it is, isn't mm -hmm. it? <laughs> so you're noticing sounds like something beyond you, beyond anything you could do. You're noticing they're mobilising each other themselves. Yeah, very much so. And I, it's fair to say that I'm pretty obsessed with this business because that's my style. Um, but and I'm broadly aware of everything that's happening in the, the business but we have a group of people who if I wasn't here tomorrow would very effectively right. um, run this business and um, we have been through some pretty um, significant growth over a very short period of time and it's the team I've provided some overall um, direction and strategy but it's the team that have figured out the best way to build things and some of it has been through learning and changing things as they haven't worked. But ultimately, they're building this thing, not me. Mm -hmm. Sounds like transparency is one of your values. I don't know whether it's actually in the words, but it's um, yeah, come, it's come up a bit. It's hugely, hugely important. To me. I think transparency, openness, fairness, hugely um important I'm not a fan of any management or leadership style that uh, kind of um, relies on indirect influence I think if you want to give feedback to someone or you want to share something with them share it with them directly and openly and you know in a in a friendly soft way but but be direct any examples of that I think one of my probably the biggest is that in my first business, I often took too long to make difficult decisions about exiting people from the business, um, which came from probably a place of uh, wishing to avoid um, conflict and thinking that perhaps, you know, with time and coaching, the situation would get better and not necessarily even people who were poor performers, but people who often were high performers, but just not um, right for the team, not culturally right. Um, so, so my big learning uh, from that time is if your instinct is telling you something's not right, then 
uh, deal with it and, and address and, it. Yeah, and, and deal with it um, quickly because that's usually the best situation for the individual concerned, and certainly the best for the, the kind of broader team and the uh, the business. So it sounds like you're accruing more effectively now, but also you're landing feedback or recognizing if if it isn't a right fit for the team. Yeah, definitely, and part of that is listening to the people around you, and if. Um, you have a culture where people feel like they can share difficult feedback um, then and you listen to that feedback then that enables you to make the right decisions and make them quickly mm-hmm. so what happens if people are complaining about a team member for example like how do you deal with that you know what's gossip what's valid you know yeah I rumblings think, about somebody I, I think if you um, if you have a collaborative culture then um, if people are the right fit for the team the feedback they're providing is uh, almost always constructive and and from a place of uh, this isn't working as well as it could be because and this is so it um, comes from a place of good intent yeah exactly Um, I think the second that you start heading into a place where it's to use your word gossip or um, uh, p- people uh, complaining about others. Then it can you, be bullying, kind of. Yeah, well, yeah. It, well it's, it, it's not healthy and, and uh, it's damaging to the culture. And actually, one of the, the reasons for sorting out those situations quickly is because then people understand that you sorted that situation out because it potentially was damaging to the culture and the quicker you deal with it um, the more comfortable everybody feels and and those conversations are never easy Um, however strongly you feel about the decision Mm. um, then they're always difficult um, for everyone involved but prolonging it doesn't make them any easier yeah but for the health of the team and the business yeah yeah it's right to better let someone go if they're not the right And, and also I think for the well-being of the individual mm. because um, they're probably unhappy too yeah and, and they may know deep down that this isn't the right place for them mm. but it's an incredibly difficult decision for an individual to make to walk away from um, uh, uh, the, the, you know their, their job their livelihood um, and very often I've had those conversations where there is almost a relief coming from the individual because they uh, knew that that was the right outcome, but something needed to happen to, to mm. facilitate it. And talked a bit about values. You've mentioned transparency, openness, all this fairness. What is it you're looking for, and what are you also looking out for as something that doesn't quite fit? I think creating an environment where everybody feels equal is incredibly important um, because part of the thing that in my view unites a team is that everyone regardless of the previous experiences they have or the stage they're at in their career they feel that they're able to contribute mm-hmm. um, and uh, also working hard to create a diverse team um, Diverse in what way? In every way. Um, uh, Gender, ethnicity, um, experience, uh, background, um, 
we, we do our best work as human beings when we're around others who are um, different to us and, and who have had different life experiences. Mm. And um, I learn as much from my team on a daily basis as I hope they learn from me. And um, that's not a reflection of, you know, uh, different life's, life um, stage it, It's uh, or our roles within the business. It's purely the fact that we've been on different journeys in life. Mm. So if we can bring that experience together, um, it will make us more successful as a team, but also it makes for a fun place to be. You know, it's, it it creates a fantastic environment on a day-to-day basis. Well, where do you think your leadership is going? And you built this, still building a startup. It's mm-hmm. growing. Got Bath. Got Birmingham. Expanding to different mm-hmm. cities. It's very community-led. It's appealing to these, you know, more deprived communities. What what next for the team? How does this? Well, in in business terms, I want us to scale you up into something that can deliver impact on a much bigger scale. So that ultimately will mean growing into 20 plus cities across the UK and, and who knows, potentially further afield. I think in terms of the team, the team will grow and that will create a fantastic opportunities for those that are already on the journey and those that hopefully uh, join us. Uh, and nothing would delight me more than in the coming uh, months and years for some of those team to be uh, team members to be um, in a place where they're almost pushing me out of the way to mm. um, to take on um, leadership roles in the business um, because I think that's the thing that will mm. enable us to. So you want to, to step back a bit? Uh, it's less about me stepping back and more I think that's a really good measure of how how cohesive and effective a team is um, and yeah I'm, I'm uh, thoroughly kind of committed to this uh, this this journey and, and not going anywhere anytime soon but um, ultimately everyone wants most people want growth opportunities uh, in their career. We're on a really exciting journey with this business and nothing would delight me more than um, the team that have been with us from the beginning to continue to grow and, and, and take on um, uh, you know, increasing responsibility as we go on that journey. Um, how do you, so how did, with, through all this, you've built a couple of startups, you're on your second. How do you look after yourself? So this. I think the um, the honest answer to that is that's my development area. Okay. So I uh, there are certain things that are really important parts of my day. So for example, I live about a thirty minute walk from uh, where we're sat in this office, uh, and I try wherever possible to do that walk um, in the morning and, and heading home at, at night because it's kind of both some exercise, but also the opportunity to sort of wind down and make that transition from from work to home. Uh, one of the other big things that has changed since my first experience of building a startup and this one uh, is my uh, my a- a- approach to looking after myself. Because 
the first time I did it, uh, I was literally working seven days a week, always on. Um, and I am as an individual, probably obsessive in style. So uh, if I do something, I probably commit to doing it. And this time with this business, um, mainly because um, I became a father in the same year that I started this business, that's made me uh, reassess priorities and the business is incredibly important and I have a responsibility to shareholders and the team and to the community we're building and but also have a responsibility to my family. So um, I've restructured the way that I work and things like having a family breakfast every morning, incredibly important to me, getting home before my daughter goes to bed so I can spend some time with her, incredibly important to me, and having weekends. Um, so yeah, huge change in the way that I work and the way that I'm building this business compared to the last, but... Uh, How much all... does that affect your effectiveness, do you think? God, that's a big question. So... Because there must have been a reason you were working all those hours before. I think when you're um, 22, which I was when I started my first business, and um, single and have no responsibilities, it's very easy to let something like that fill uh, many hours in the day or in the week. Um, I would like to think I'm now more effective, um, partly, which would be the easy answer because I'm taking time away from the business, um, but also some of the things that inspire me are the things outside of the business. Um, and uh, that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, that is your family? Or yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and, and just taking, you know, time out and something like a 30 minute walk which is a practical thing to get me from a to b is also a brilliant time to uh just unwind or think or um listen to a podcast or or or, uh um uh whatever it is and and then um being very present at home and making sure that i am carving out proper quality family time Mm -hmm. tell Uh, me what you mean by being present at home well um being in the morning, sorry, in the morning, in the moment, and um, uh, not just being physically there, but, you know, being engaged and um, sitting down and reading storybooks with my daughter or um, playing games or or, or whatever uh, she uh, wants to do at a particular point in in time, uh, those sorts of things, rather than still being in work mode while being at home, if that makes sense. I wonder how much how good role modelling that is for your team who may may at some point have children or other interests. Uh, I think one of the things I love about our team is that um, everyone has other things that they're uh, into outside of work, whether it's uh, sport or or doing experiences or. or um, pets or, or whatever and um, hopefully I'm a, I'm a be- much better role model now than I was uh, first time around. Thank you Dominic for that interview. I really enjoyed Dominic's grounded and measured approach but also this kind of steadfastness which he brings to these core values of transparency, openness and fairness. It seems they, like they really permeate everything he does and what he expects from the team And that must be really orientating for employees about how to behave and what it's like at the culture at Yup. 
Well, you've been listening to the Conscious Leaders podcast, and I'm Ruth Frenger. I want to facilitate honest conversations with great people leaders so you can learn from their highs and lows and from their philosophy and day-to-day practices. For free practical advice on how to build a calm, collaborative and productive workplace, as well as info on my number one best-selling book, Next Level Leadership, visit ConsciousLeaders.org.uk.